It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Very good evening. David Wilding and Dan Menzel for Toolkit Depots, tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. Toolkit Depot, everything you need under one roof. Check them out. Tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear in-store and online. Big weekend in, in sport. Uh, the Crows, six from six of women. Well done there. And talk about the Crows, their headquarters too. Getting a little bit closer too down there at Thebin. We'll talk about that shortly. And Australia last night, they had India three for two. And got beaten. In fact, they got thrashed as a welcome, Dan Menzel. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi, Wilds. I'm going well. And uh, yeah, you're right. It was a big weekend in sport and good for the Crows. Some really good news there. And as you mentioned, the women's team, they are flying at the moment. Um, But yeah, the Australians, not so good in the ODI World Cup. Three for two. It actually looked like, hang on, if we can get one or two more, if we can get Coley, then we're every sniff. And it just didn't go our way. Yeah, it was a dismal effort in the end, but Indy just too good on a wearing wicket. Well, one young man that really made his mark on the weekend, outstanding, Jake Fraser-McGurk. Remember the name? Uh, for tyre power, great race sale now on. Get into your local independently owned tyre power today. He made the fastest 100. Um, when, I, when I saw it, I didn't actually see it live, but when I saw what happened, 13 sixes, 29 balls, you get to 100. He's been a rare talent for a long while, debuted at 17 at first class level when he joins now. Jake, welcome and Congratulations. Hey, lad. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's an amazing knock. I mean, yeah, we know you can hit a long ball on that, but and some days everything goes right, but not in your wildest dreams you'd expect to make 100 off 29 balls. What was your mindset actually going into bat? Yeah, well, my mindset was just sort of go go out there, watch the ball as hard as you can, and, and go out there with some good intent. Um, and that's been the same sort of mindset that I've had in the past few games, and it's it hasn't really came off, and I guess everything just sort of clicked um, yesterday. So, yeah, it was it was good to get that nice individual milestone um, yeah. this early in the season. So, Jake, uh, Tasmania 9 for 435. So, as mentioned, when you come out of bat, obviously in every game you play, you think you're a chance to win. What's, what's the realistic mindset? Are we actually going to chase down 436 runs today? Well, we actually came off. Like, you come off looking at the scoreboard and you're like, wow, that's a massive score. <laughs> but then, like, we sort of go into, like, the details of it in the rooms and, like, where we want to be at certain stages in the game. And if we're there, we've got a, we've got a good sniff. Yep. Um, so, yeah, obviously I was just going out there with – well, my job's pretty much already panned out for me. I've got to go out and try and smack them because we're chasing 435. But – um, yeah, so just go out there with some good intent and, and try and get us to... We're meant to be at 240 at 30 overs and we thought we could we could be a sniff those last 20 overs get 10. Um, but, yeah, we're a bit ahead of that. Um, 
And, yeah, just a bit unlucky that we couldn't get the win. Yeah, not wrong. You definitely were a bit ahead of that. You were none for 172 off 11.4 overs. So 70 (laughs) deliveries. You you had 172 on the board. At that stage, you must have been thinking, we are in the driver's seat right now. Yeah, definitely. I thought we were going to cruise because we'll we'll get – what do we need? I think we needed six and a half and over. Um, And we were thinking, wow, never like we'd think we'd get – that to six is chasing 430. Um, but yeah, we just sort of bottled it a bit in the end, which is which is a bit unlucky, and I'm still sort of hunting that first win for South Australia. But um, I'm hoping next week for the Shield we can get that done. You took a liking to Billy Stanlake's bowling, did you, Jake? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I was trying to take a liking to most of them, to be <laughs> fair. I had, to, I had to sort of try and hit every single one of them, so... So, yeah, it was nothing, nothing personally against him at all. I, I can't see that record being broken for a long, long while. Fantastic there. Jake, I followed your career. As a young 17-year-old, you burst onto the scene and uh, you look stylish, you look classy. You've played for Australia under-19s and that. What do you reckon has been... You're still only a young man, 21, and we know you've got enormous talent. What's held you back a bit, do you think? What have you needed to improve? Because you have had some good starts and perhaps not gone on when you've got those starts. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm pretty sure I averaged 30 in, in the list day and I've only made 150 before yesterday. So, yeah, you're, you're not wrong about that. I just think it's a massive mindset thing for me, just getting a, a process that I could trust. And I worked really hard on that over the off-season with, with a few of my coaches um, in, in Melbourne and, and also with a few of the, um, the batting coaches at Saka. And, and what, what we've done is we've created a nice little... Um, process that I can fall back on and trust it 100% and and yeah it's, it's working for me quite nicely at the moment. I remember you walking out as a young man bit of a swagger about and you and you took a liking to the bowling have you always played that attacking style ever since you've been a young young man? Yeah yeah definitely I've, I've, I've always sort of liked to move the game forward and, and and not let any bowlers sort of settle into into a line or a length so um I feel like I'm I'm a more of a chance to score more runs if, if I can put more pressure on them. So, yeah, that's how I see it. It's a, it's a good question you asked, Woods, because I was just looking at the first Sheffield Shield game and exactly that. You came out and you made 37 off just 23 deliveries in the first innings and 29 off 20 in the second inning. So, I guess, Jake, for you with the Sheffield Shield and the one-day format, and we'll get to the 2020, how much is it training each format, the white ball compared to the red ball cricket? Yeah, I, I, it's pretty quick, um, like, the changeovers between games. I know we had, like, maybe one or two days rest in between the Shield and, and the one-day game. What, how I sort of train is, is obviously going to be different to every other player, but I just keep everything the exact same and, and just the tempo just goes up a bit more. So that's the tempo of my swing and, and the tempo of my shots just goes up to maybe, like, 85% instead of 60%. I think it'd be great to it's great to have you here in South Australia. Having Dizzy Gillespie, Jason Gillespie, Ryan Harris and that too, both calming sort of figures. They've both been there at the top level. How how good's that been for you? Yeah, yeah. Um Dizzy's been absolutely amazing with my um with my move from, from Victoria to here. It's it's he's just been one of the one of the best people to have around your camp. Just everything's very calm and, and he gets along with everyone very well and he's probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. So, yeah, he, he's been huge in, in my move and he's making me feel very comfortable. And, Jake, uh, Victoria see us as a poor relation, but SA's not a bad spot, is it really? 
Nej, nej, not at all. I absolutely <laughs> love it in, in SA, to be fair. I'm loving my time over here, and, and hopefully I can spend spend some serious years over here playing cricket for South Australia. You'd be finding the traffic a bit easier to get around too, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely beats driving 45 minutes to get to the junction instead of <laughs> eight minutes to get to Adelaide Avenue, which is good. Well, we might have to get you over here for the strikers in the future, but the Renegades opportunity, that's been uh, a really good one for you, and you'll obviously be back with them again in this Big Bash season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm um, just trying to, looking, looking to get some, some decent scores away for, for the Renegades. I've um, been with them for five seasons now, so trying to put... Um, a bit more of the, the faith they've given to me in them and, and hopefully I can get a few scores away and, and we can go a few steps further this year. So amongst the change room, have you spoken with, and it doesn't does it come up much with the bowlers, that your next game is New South Wales at, uh, at the Adelaide Oval. So you're away from Karen Rolton over, which I'm sure guys like Wes Agar and Henry Thornton, who went at more than eight and over on the weekend in the one day, they'd be much happier bowling at the Adelaide Oval. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I can tell you that for a fact that they're going to be licking their lips when, when they're going to Adelaide Oval. It's just a, it's a different different sort of game when you play at Adelaide Oval compared to Karen Rolton, I think. But, um, but the drop-in wicket at Karen Rolton was very similar to, um, to Adelaide Oval because obviously I think they, they took it from that square. So the pitch will play pretty similar, but it's just the... Um, the dimensions of the field is going to be a lot different. Other great thing about your game, you're a wonderful fielder. Where did, where did that come from? You've pulled off some amazing catches. You, you obviously enjoy your fielding, but uh, has that always been a strength for you as well? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always sort of liked to think of myself as, as a decent fielder. And then it, when I saw um, Maka Harvey and things like that in Victoria, the way he goes about his fielding, the way he trains and everything like that, really made me want to step up sort of how I go about it. So him and, him and I used to just do heaps of fielding in training and, and things like that and have these competitions. And, and now we're trying to just battle each other off for who we think is the best fielder. Personally, I think I am, but he, he can see <laughs> as well. So it's, it's, it's a nice battle. Now, back yourself in, Jake. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, have you caught much of the World Cup over in India? You must have been very uh, pleased with the way you go about it in comparison to how South Africa kicked off their tournament and even India last night against Australia. Yeah, I actually haven't, um, haven't looked many uh, at all at the, uh, at the World Cup, to be fair. I, I didn't even know what the scores were before you <laughs> said it, before on the call. So, um, no, I'm, I'm hoping the others can bounce back. Uh, I did have a look at the wicket, actually. I saw it on an Instagram post that it looked pretty bad. So I, I was wondering why we only got around 200 or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully the boys can bounce back and, and bring home some silverware. Now, Jake, we, we read the story. You well, you got bitten by a monkey playing under-19s for Australia. How did that come about? And uh, I mean, how painful was it? How serious was it? I got scratched. I got scratched in the face by a monkey um, in South Africa at a nature reserve. Yeah, we were just feeding it, and um, he ate all the food that was in my hands. And might have got a bit too close to the cage, and he just got me in the eye. So, yeah, I had to go home for some treatment. Um, ended my World Cup campaign pretty short, but um, yeah, I was I was pretty disappointed that I couldn't finish out the tournament. Well, Jake, an amazing innings, and congratulations, young man. And as Dan said, if you get the 23 or 37 or whatever, that, that's that's a third of the way to 100, and you've done the hard work. Just uh, just start again. I reckon some big scores are just around the corner for you. 
Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you guys having me on. <laughs> no, nah, thanks, Jake. Jake Fraze McGurk. Just repeating, he made 100 off 29 balls. Just uh, 13 sixes, Dan. 10 boundaries, 13 sixes. So there weren't many zeros, ones, twos, or threes in there. Not only blocked any straight back the bowler, did he? I, I suppose <laughs> you get in that mindset. Every ball's going over the well, fence. you're chasing 435, yeah. you think, we're not going to win. So I might as well just swing and see what happens. And he, and he played some great cricket shots in that too. Now, one for 215, and I thought, this is game over for South Australia, but it wasn't to be. That was a good all thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold breast in Northern Victoria. We do speak about it a lot, and that piece of product is absolutely amazing. We're talking extra virgin olive oil. It's Cobram Estate, grown, harvested, and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Jake Fraser McGurk, I guess. Um, coming up on the show, too, thanks to Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Uh, join Lumo today. We've got the top seven. The Interesting. This is Dan Menzel's top seven. Some great results of sport around the weekend. We've got Hot Topics tr- and Trade Radio, AFL Trade Radio update, all thanks to Continental Tyres. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports Day SA, David Wilde and Dan Menzel, all thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6. Go and try that. What a magnificent car. Up to 528 kilometres of range. Interesting, Dan, we had... Jake Fraser McGurk on, and you talk about the. Do you see much of the World Cup? I said, no, and found the result while you blokes were talking about the top of the show. Incredible. It actually is incredible. I mean, having played with a lot of other guys that played AFL footy that didn't watch any other AFL, it doesn't surprise me. Were there some Geelong? Were there? Yeah, like some guys just chilled out. It's too much. It's too much for them being at the club every single day and and footy being their life. So. As soon as they'd leave the footy club, they would not hear or see anything about it and they'd rock up to the club and be like, what's going on? Why is there all this media here? So, yeah, I'm not surprised that there is some players like it, but um, it's not on that late, 7 o'clock. So, oh, no. it's, uh, yeah, interesting. But, um, yeah, everyone's different. Were you a watcher of other yeah, games? Yeah, I was. I, I always found it interesting, intriguing. You watch it for different purposes, matchups, mates, everything else. Bloody watches every game, he nine does. It's games. Incredible. So. It's incredible. Okay, now we've got the, the interesting topic, the Kia Top 7, and you've looked around the, basically around the world, what you think of those seven interesting sporting results. What, what's number seven? Yeah, so at number seven, I'm going to go to the EPL, I'm going to go to Ange Poskakoglu. So they are top of the table. Unbeat, we are unbeaten. Unbeaten. We are now uh, eight games in, there's six wins, two draws with Ange at the helm. They've lost their striker, Harry Kane, and they are still on top. They came from a man down on the weekend to win 1-0 at Luton Town. Again, very impressive. For more than 45 minutes, they had 10 men on the pitch. Uh, I don't think they'll win it, but Arsenal did beat Man City on the weekend. So, uh, yeah, Ange Postacoglu doing a terrific job at Tottenham. So First far. time they've ever been unbeaten after this length of game. So, well done there, Ange. That's a good one. Number six? At number six, I'm going to go with, we haven't spoke about it at all, really, but the Rugby World Cup is on at the moment. Uh, Portugal, they won their first game ever in the history of the Rugby World Cup. They beat Fiji 24 to 23. Now, it would have been nice if they beat Fiji by six or more because if they had of, Australia, Australia would have made it to the knockout stage. As a result, it was a massive upset anyway, so Australia never looked like making it. Fiji will go through, but well under Portugal on their first ever win. Australia on the nose though, aren't they, with the rugby union yeah, at the moment? it's not pretty at the moment, what's happening there with, with Jones as a coach and everything else. So, uh, not making it to this stage, to right. the knockout stages is poor for Terrific. the Australians. Number five? 
Number five, I've put India versus Australia in there in the World Cup last night, and I put it in there for the first couple of overs. Three for two, we had oh. India. Three for two. Hazelwood had taken two for none at one stage off 10 deliveries. And three ducks. Three ducks. Um, it looked rather incredible. No Shubman Gill for India, interestingly enough. So Ishan Kishan played and he opened um, and got out cheaply straight away to Mitchell Stark. But yeah, Virat Kohli just steered the ship nicely. There's a really important part. Uh, Kohli tried to pull Hazelwood. Yes. It just popped up in the air. Mitchell Marsh came in from square leg. Carey came from keep and it ended up Marsh dropping the catch, but I think in the corner of his eye, he saw Alex Carey's vision. He did. And you sort of. Yep, bumbled. and it put him off because he actually overrun it. He, his hands, the ball went between his hands and his chest. So he did actually make ground to it, but you could tell straight after he was worried that Carey was coming and potentially they could have collided. Would which have been one. four for 20. Yeah, and that's probably the game. Yeah. So it's a massive moment in the World Cup. At number four, I've got Bathurst. So Shaman right. Gisbert, and he has gone back to back. <laughs> Winning his third Bathurst 1000. So the Kiwis, a couple of Kiwis getting it done for the second time in a row yesterday. He's unbelievable. Like his record, he's going to America too, isn't he, to yeah. do the this round circuit. But yeah, Van Gisborne, absolutely outstanding. It was, as is Max Verstappen. He has won his third championship in the Formula 1 in a row. There is still another six races remaining. He won 13 races straight at one stage this year. And is, over... he the, is he the Bradman of Formula 1, you reckon, Dan, at the uh, moment? No one can get near him. Well, no one can. However, Lewis Hamilton has won the eight titles, as has Schumacher, who was probably the Bradman and probably still is. But if Max keeps going, then he certainly will take that claim. Now, you don't know because the cars change so quickly in that sport. Um, but, um, yeah, over the weekend, he did win his third title in a row. He is, he's winning nearly everything at the moment. You ride a broomstick and he's outstanding, Max Verstappen. At number two, I've got South Africa. Five for 428 in the ODI World Cup. They knocked off Sri Lanka convincingly, who made 326 in reply. Dukok, Vanderdusen, and Markram all made hundreds for South Africa. They are a real smoky to win this tournament. Love watching Markram bat. Yeah, you're right. They've got some powerful batting if they get their bowling up to scratch too. But very rarely would you see 300s. No. I, in fact, I can't think of any time I've seen 300s in a 50-over game. No. In the same team. 100%. It just doesn't happen because you just don't have the deliveries to share for no, the players to exactly. be able to do it. And um, all of them made in the hundreds and or in between 100 and 110 and got out. But, um, yeah, no, they, they look very well balanced, South Africa. They did against Australia in the series over there. Uh, as you said, if they're bowling attack and hold up, then they're going to be they're going to be tricky. They were batting at a road short boundaries, but and then I saw Jadeja bowl Steve Smith, one of the great ball, mm. not unlike Shane Warne's yep. ball. Uh, yep. Smith looked in disbelief. Yeah, so it makes it interesting for Australia and for England who dropped their first games now as well. We know that four teams will go through and there's a few good teams that have already won. So interesting to see what happens in the remaining games of the ODI World Cup. At number one, Wilds, I've gone with the Adelaide Crows women's team. Oh. They beat Melbourne on the weekend, who are the premiership favourites. Rightfully so. Melbourne had won 14 games on the trot. And beat him in Melbourne. And they beat him in Melbourne. They were also down in the first quarter. At quarter time, the score was two goals, 4-16 to nothing. Adelaide were on zero at quarter time. So an incredible win by the girls there, by the Adelaide women's players. Ed Marinoff had 27, a couple of goals. Ann Hutch had 33 and a couple of goals. So well done to Doc Clark and the Crows women's team. They are flying at the moment on top of the table. Six wins from yeah. six, undefeated. He does so well, Matty Clark. He, he does, doesn't you're he? You're right. Uh, some... What the program down Adelaide was absolutely fantastic, and they knocked off all the teams, including the top team. So, hey, good top seven too. Thank you. That uh, always in 
enjoy talking about all the sport around the world. Yeah, certainly do, Nan. Catch every NFL game this season with the Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazn.com forward slash NFL. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. David Wildey and Dan Menzel Sports Day SAL thanks to Irrigear to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. Check them out if you want anything done in the garden. Um, Stephen May made some comments at the Melbourne's BNF, and uh, I, I, let's have a listen to them, let's Dan, and then see what you think. Because I'm, I'm not overly happy with them. Here he is. Look, I'll be, you know, I've had a few fans come up to me and say I really appreciate and, and respect how much you hate losing, which is which is awesome, and I do because, you know, like, and I don't want to, you know, talk about it in hindsight, but you know, you know, we lose to Collingwood and they go on to win the flag, and it hurts watching that because. <laughs> Because, like, like we're, we're a better team than them. We, sh- we should have smoked them. And to sit there on grand final day and watch them, you know, hoist the cup and get the medals, I'm sitting there going, geez, our team's so much better than these guys. And, like, you know, we should have been out there. But, you know, we weren't. And I think, you know, we've got an unbelievable list. We've got an unbelievable coaching group. And, and the hunger has, you know, never, never been, you know, hungrier. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of this team. And... Um, looking forward to next year. Yeah, I, I, if I made 100 every time I batted, I could have been Don Bradman Correct. too. What do you make of that, Dan? Now, that's in front of your best, fairest night in front of your, an audience, but yep. he had plenty of time to think about that. In fact, he said we, we should have smoked him, and twice he said we're a way better team than I don't think. I think Collingwood's been the best team uh, pretty well all year. They've been on the top of the table they all year. That, without a doubt, Collingwood has been the best team all year. Now, if I put myself in Stephen May's shoes, absolutely. If I look at Melbourne's list, I would think we have the best list and we should win the premiership. But there's six or seven other teams that would think the same thing because you believe in the team you have. You believe in what you're doing at your footy club. But the reality is you didn't do it. You've gone out in straight sets a couple of years in a row. So um, you want to have that belief. I'm not sure I'm saying it at the best and fairest where that can go uh, virally and, and be spread uh, and used as ammunition and whatnot. Like it's something that... As a as a group message, potentially you might be sending that around, um, but not. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I imagine he probably copped a little bit of feedback from that. Well, well, all indicators of the game against Collingwood, they they did win. They won inside fifties. They won had more scoring shots. They did this, but they didn't win the game. No, it's it's honesty from him, but I'm not sure that um, that's the forum because they. They, again, they didn't even make it to the grand final. It's not like they got beaten by them on the last day in September. Um, they went out in straight sets two years in a row now. So you can have the best list, but if you don't get it done, then there's something clearly not right. So, um, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. And I reckon Collingwood had the best team. They all bought into Craig McRae. I'm not sure. We Now we see the issues with Oliver and perhaps a couple other players wanting to leave the club. Maybe it wasn't all rosy out there. But, yeah, I find that, a, you know, it's... Pretty poor from Stephen May to, to say we, we should have smoked and we're better than Colin. Colin won the grand final. When you look in the history books for the next 100 years, they won the grand final in 2023. Yeah, and the thing is, too, you can think that you're the best, but if you don't put it in place, then it doesn't mean a lot. And that's also part of the problem, potentially, is that they did think they were that good. Um, whereas you might have a Colin we're going, hang on, we've got to make sure we play to the level because we are playing against some really good players and some really good teams. Now, they've been out in straight sets two years in a row, haven't they? 
They have. Yeah. So that you're not a great side when you have four chances. Yeah. Four chances. You don't win a game. Look, I agree with him that that's what their belief should be. They have the team, but now put the work in and, Keep and it get yourself. it done. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Not say it. Yeah, show it. Um, Jordan Dawson won the Crows Best and Fairest. We actually go th- might go through them all tomorrow, all the Best and Fairest winners after Port Adelaide's tonight, which you think, Zach Butters. Jordan Dawson, I think, said it a little bit differently. Here's Jordan Dawson. A few boys took the piss out of me because I sent a message. I was up in Port Douglas watching the grand final, and um, I sent a message in the WhatsApp about how we should have beaten the two teams that were in the granny and um, how we're better than these teams. It's interesting. I mean, uh, I love Dorso. And he's spot on. They they should have beaten those two teams. But again, reality is they didn't. Um, and sending, I've got no issue with sending that message. He probably didn't need to tell and us. He said there's a, a bit of a send up too, didn't correct. he? Correct. Um, so it is far different to the Stephen May point um, that um, he mentioned at their best and fairest. Um, but again, it's one of those ones that you, you don't know what Collingwood you run into. You don't know what Brisbane you run into when you play against them um, because every game's different. It's when it comes to the pointy ends that you've got to get it done. You know, I, I look at Collingwood and what you do know with Collingwood is is you get effort. Whether they win or lose, you get effort. You know, look at a Maynard, the way he plays. And I reckon Geelong had that for a lot of times too. Yep. We're very hard team to beat. But you got effort. Yeah, we got that. We saw and that with Richmond when they won Richmond their flags as well. Exactly. They weren't necessarily the most exactly. talented team um, at times, and they showed it. But um, the thing I do like about Jordan Dawson's comments, and the same with Stephen May in a way, but we know that Melbourne's good. Is the Crows now believe they clearly now believe their captain believes that they are good enough, which you probably wouldn't say the last few years would have been the case. Now, being a little bit quiet trade wise, and it ends next Wednesday. What do you reckon they're angling for? We say they've got a. Very, very nice draft hand, which you mentioned, or we're going to mention in Trade Radio. Yeah, no, they do. They've got a, a really nice draft hand. So, And we know how well they've done with their draft picks or their, their trades the last couple of seasons, bringing in Dawson, bringing in Rankin. They had pick nine, pick 21, and pick 24 in this year's draft, and uh, they'll get a few other things that will happen there. So, uh, they Midfielder? Will, yeah, they, they would love another midfielder. Um, and then, obviously, down back with Tom today going as well, they would look to shore Murray up that injured. position. They've got the injuries there. Murray Butts has been injured. But, um, yeah, their forward line is their absolute strength. They were the number one offensive team this year in the competition. So that they are very comfortable with. It's now going, all right, do we potentially get an outside midfielder? And then is another defender to help us as well. Well, gee, I don't know if you caught much of the Crows. They're getting a little bit closer to Thevin and getting it all organised. But there's still a bit of water under the bridge. I've heard Tim Silvers and John Olsen speak. So, And I spoke with Michelangelo Ricci earlier. They, they've got to raise some money. They're hoping to get $10 million from supporters, like donations, donations and that from Crows yep. fans. Yep. The government are chipping in. Um, AF, million, yeah. AFL, federal yep. governments. So... But I think all up, it's around $100 million. They might have to borrow 40, 50 million themselves. Yes, no, they might. But it's good to see progress because it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah. It really has been a long time to when to go to North Adelaide. They didn't come through. So now Theberton's the other option. And, and yeah, hopefully we do see that happen. And there's the been Crows. a lot of hurdles put in their way too, which yeah. they have to jump over, jump through hoops to get there. But I think they're doing that. But we're certainly the Crows are closer than they were perhaps a month or so ago. And, Hopefully in the next uh, year or so they can they can start building and, and getting it done because at the moment uh, the Crows are the poor relation when you look at what's down at um, footy the old footy park compared yep. to some of the other clubs boy way, and even Port Adelaide with yeah. their with their new building yeah and the other thing is too is the Crows it's open there at, at footy park at Amy Stadium there so. I remember at Geelong, one of the great advantages we had was we had closed training sessions. So we could train whatever we wanted. We would be able to work on different things. We'd be able to work on game plan, but also who we're playing against. And 
and no one else would know. You see. Whereas you go, you can go down to oh. footy park and watch the Crows women's train at the moment, women's team train at the moment, but the men's in, obviously, in their season as well. It's very open. So that's something that would definitely help. What were Geelong's facilities like? I know they're doing the ground up, and yep. that's been going on forever, but your own facilities, have they been done up in the last Yeah, they, they probably were done up maybe six or seven years ago. We're elite. And they were as good as it came. Sydney's now probably gone to another level in the recent year, but um, yeah, Geelong's was elite with the gym, with the re- with the recovery facilities, was amazing. Um, but also had the cafe built in there too, the warm-up area. Um, yeah, there's uh, clubs now are starting to get to a very, now, very good level. Dan, how cold with some of those training. I've been to Geelong a few times. It's, free. it's a freezing place even when the sun's out, but you must have had some horrific nights and cold, wet, windy. Yeah, it gets cold in Geelong. I, I used to have mates come over from Adelaide and I just said to them, make sure you pack a couple of jackets. <laughs> no, no, we'll be right. And they'd come over and they'd be like, okay, I can see now what you mean. It, uh, it's a different cold to here, I reckon. Yeah, I really no, it is. Do. Melbourne's a, a lot colder, well, colder than here. And then Geelong, you add a couple of extra or minus degrees, I guess, there. So it is a challenge, particularly in winter. Um, it does get very cold down there, but um, still a lot of great things in Geelong and, and they've been, become a destination club. Well, it makes you train harder to keep warm, doesn't it? <laughs> Through the unbelievable. Uh, it, yeah, Sam Fantasia's put up on that notice board. Point. Tassie, Tassie freezing. That's going to be... Was it James Sicily? He said, I'm not going there. I'm not going to play in Tasmania. Why yeah. would I want to go down there? I mean, you need to find your attractions. Geelong has found that they are now a really good mixture and blend of country, coastal. Beautiful place. Yes. So is Tasmania. Um, but Tasmania is as well. So they've just got to make sure they hit on the right parts with the right players as well. So that's what they've got to do there. Speaking of Tasmania, um, I was just looking at the NBL fixture. Uh, they are going along okay at the moment. They've got two wins and one loss. But unfortunately for us here in Adelaide, oh. the 36ers, uh, a really tough road trip over the weekend. There's zero wins from four games now, Wilds. Uh, they took on Perth on Friday night. They were pretty gallant in that one. They, they actually came to within a couple of points of Perth in the last quarter, but they went down by seven. Then they went across to Sydney and took on the Sydney Kings and same lost 109 thing. to 100, and the exact same thing. But they they actually, they got to within a point, I think, um, you know, deep in the third quarter. What I reckon the problem is is the import. Yes, yeah, screaming a, out for one. A decent import yep. is the difference maybe between two and two and naught and four. Oh, it's massive difference. Um, now look, Kel was very good. Uh, with 28 points, and you've got your guys that just do the hard work in Mitch McCarron, who just seems to fill the stat sheet every every game. Humphreys as well, Wiley. But you're right, they are missing or lacking that very much gun import. We spoke with Scotty Ninnis last week. They're hopeful within a fortnight of perhaps springing, maybe even as this week, an import coming in. But well, it just made, it's a bit of cream on top, and, and most clubs have one. No, they do. Some have a couple. They right? do, like Perth does. And so um, that told me, in speaking to Scotty Ninnis, that that is the absolute issue. Because normally when you speak with an assistant coach, they don't necessarily talk about the players they don't have. They talk about their group and go, no, look, I would like maybe to get better, but we, we've got a good team. Whereas he did say, yeah, we're definitely, we definitely need an import. So that oh. um, that does show that. It will make a big difference if they can get one or the right one in the next week or yeah, two. Yeah, I watch both games. What? what what they can do stay in games for maybe 60 70%, but when yeah. it gets really tough yep. and the better players stay on, correct, that's when they go down. Yeah, and that's that is their their challenge at the moment and their challenge moving forward. And it will quickly fall away the season too if they can't get a few wins and string a few wins together. Now, their next game is at home, which is good, it's against Illawarra. So it's Saturday at winnable. five o'clock. It's winnable. very winnable. They need to win it to get their season going. Illawarra, one win. One loss so far, but they're they're not going to be in the best two or three sides this season. So they need to get 
a win on Saturday against Illawarra. Five o'clock here in Adelaide. Yeah, trade radio coming up shortly. We, we touched on um, AFLW, the women six from six, and we've got a couple of minutes before we go to trade radio. Matthew Clark and the club have done an outstanding job with the women, haven't they? They've been there or thereabouts, either winning it, runner-up, or around the finals every year. Yeah, they really have. It's um, It's been such a good program for the duration of the AFL women's uh, competition, and, and they have been – them and Melbourne have really been the, the dominant standouts. forces and the standout forces. But the other thing it does, the win on the weekend, they go to outright top with the six wins from six games. Their season is a 10-week season, so – Effectively, with eight teams making the finals the same as the AFL, you just need to make the top four. Now, Brisbane's currently in fourth with four wins and two losses. Gold Coast also in the four wins and two losses. So with that win, it doesn't guarantee it, but it pretty much shores up the, the top four, the double chance. And, and you, want double t- you want top two, yeah, though, you want, don't you? You want the uh, the double chance and at home, the home final. So they take on the Bulldogs, Brisbane, Collingwood, and West Coast. So the Bulldogs... Uh, bottom West Coast the second bottom. That's that's two wins there they'll get. Collingwood currently sitting eleventh and Brisbane's the tough one in there at fourth. So they should get the double chance. All things being equal. Yeah, Brisbane also another club. The only only problem at the moment AFLW is a lot of clubs really languishing down low and not competitive. That will change, but they need to even up a little bit. Yeah, the bottom sides Bulldogs still haven't won yet, and West Coast with the one win as well. They they are battling. So you're right. Yeah, so there you go. Well done to the girls beating Melbourne away too. Fantastic effort. Well done, Matthew Clark and the team. And uh, I reckon they will finish top of the table. Okay, coming up, plenty more to come. We are shortly going straight to a trade radio update. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Yeah, a bit of gold there. Toddy Gray, a bit of gold too. Transponder winning the Adelaide Cup uh, from Box 1. He said it would. Well done, Toddy. You'll be listening. Now, Trade Radio Update brought to you by CMC Invest. It's international investing made easy. Uh, download CMC Invest today. Once again, it's busy, isn't it? You know, every day we're reading about uh, different players going different where. Uh, different uh, locations and also draft picks being swapped. What do you made it today, Dan? Yeah, there's been plenty that's been happening, hasn't there? I mean, uh, a couple of clubs have been really busy. The Bombers have been extremely busy. Sydney is also very much Sydney. in the market. Um, we know that Brody Grundy wants to go there. James Jordan, they're going to get done. Joel Hamlin is, has already requested and that's going to get done. And then there's been talk about Taylor Adams. So, Sydney, if they can get all four of them, their team would be very, very strong next year. We know what their youngers, younger players are like, but um, yeah, they're as busy as anyone at the moment. Now, was it Swakowski wanting to go to Collingwood too? He's already contracted. Uh, Lockie, Lockie, Lockie Schultz is the one Schultz. who has requested to go yeah. a trade to Collingwood. Um, very interesting because they've obviously got Bobby Hill. They've got Jamie Elliott. They've got a lot of the similar type players in their team, but um, yeah, I mean, he, he's requested that to go to the Premiers. And again, we mentioned Essendon. Todd Goldstein um, joins Dersma. Essendon as a as a free agent. Um, Dersma has requested to go to the Bombers. So there is a lot happening with Essendon at the moment. Uh, and we might have a listen to what Chris Davies has to say about Xavier Dersma. Well, there's always a chance. I mean, you know, what the, the, the approach that we take ultimately is, is that we want players who want to be at Port Adelaide. And so if there was a player who ended... Um, you know the the exit interview process or the season, you know, wanting to potentially leave them. You know, we we are good enough and mature enough to to look and see whether that can actually help us. Um, there's no doubt that you know extra draft capital when you're looking to bring players in actually does help. But you know, we're all equally not 
looking to to push Xavier out here. This is this has got to be something that's going to be you know beneficial for both parties. Interesting yeah. there. I mean. He, he has requested a trade now, uh, as of today, Xavier Dersma to the Bombers. So something will happen there. Now, Zerk Thatcher has been spoken about to go to Port Adelaide. I don't think that's a swap for swap. No. I think um, Port will definitely be wanting um, a bit more back for Dersma. Yeah, maybe Zerk Thatcher in the third round or something, you yeah. know, a little late third round. Yeah. But, uh, just to sweeten the deal. But I know we've done Tom Duda to death, Dan, but if Adelaide get picked 19... Oh, I mean, that is unbelievable. That is a, a great result. A it great, is, Lance great Franklin result went pick 19. It's actually staggering. I'm glad you brought this up. That pick 19 for Tom Duday off the back of two ACLs. The Crows have a massive win there. But isn't it just interesting how the market gets inflated? Like Ben Mackay wanting to leave North Melbourne, and they're talking about it's pick two or pick. And so that way they'll have pick two and pick three in the draft. It's incredible compensation. If you are one of these footy clubs and you're going to get pick two for a Ben Mackay or pick 19 for a Tom Daday, let the players walk. You are going to win in these scenarios. Well, ben Mackay's not proven yet either. No, no, he, he definitely isn't. And um, so there is going to be some great compensation, obviously, for these players. And uh, I, I like how you mentioned Sweet in the deal there because the other player that's been bandied around a little bit today is Jordan Sweet to the power. So let's have a listen to Chris Davies. Well, I mean, Jordan's a, a player, again, you know, out of contract who you know, hasn't been able to get much of an opportunity at the Bulldogs. You know, we think he's going to get more of a, a chance with us. You know, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see over the next you know, period of time, you know, what, uh, what the Bulldogs actually are looking for. Yeah, interesting. So the opportunity is the selling point to Jordan Sweet. I mean, he's not going to get a game over Tim English anytime soon. So I would expect that one to get done. Now, you got your nose to the ground. What's going with Scott Lysett? It, the Port want him or don't they oh. want him? We're hearing clubs may use him as backup ruckman. He's obviously not happy or hasn't been offered any sort of decent deal. We saw, I'm staggered. We just haven't heard with all these other names, Wines, Dersma, Zerk Thatcher, Sweet, but not Lysette. Oh, I think that says a bit, Wilds, that uh, his body and his shoulders, I just think, uh, are cooked. And it's going to be a challenge for him moving forward. So... He is going to be one of those ones that will be put on the back burner and they'll try and get every other deal done first and that sort of will just be there. So, uh, look, it's an interesting one. It's why they're pursuing Jordan Sweet. Um, it's why they're pursuing other key position players, the power at the moment. So be interesting to see what they can uh, bring in. Um, but at the same time, we mentioned Xavier Dersma. Well, Adrian Dodora, he is still at the Bombers. He's still somehow the man in charge. Well, let's have a listen to what he said about Xavier Dersma. Oh, we've spoken to him, there's no doubt. Obviously, um, you know, we're looking at all options and obviously there's a, a trade for Brandon Sirk Thatcher who incidentally has a three-year deal on the table and is a required player. So, you know, we've just got to do our due diligence. There's no commitment on either side at the moment, but um, certainly a player that we would consider. His brother also going to go high in the draft, so maybe two Dersmas to the Bombers. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And that there from Adrian Dodoro tells me that the Bombers are going to play hardball here. Zerk Thatcher has a three-year deal. We're not giving him away. They will be saying we'll do a straight swap. And I guarantee you Port Adelaide will be going, that's not a fair deal and we're not doing that. Just on that, Dan, they've done the same thing. I think they, the Crows gave McAdam or offered a three-year deal after the first. Is that to get more back? Like you've got a big deal coming up. We want a little bit more from... Yeah, correct. It's it's that security piece and uh, value to... It adds that value to the player and, and the market as well. So... Interesting to see what happens with the power there. Uh, onto the Crows, Justin Reid obviously spoke today about Elliot Himmelberg and Chris Burgess. So we'll have a listen to what he had to say about those players. 
I guess if there's that flexibility opportunity with regards to height, we're open-minded, but um, now it's pretty late in the piece. You'd find that, yeah, pretty hard. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to Elliot being in the club next year. So that's about keeping Elliot Himmelberg and then obviously about retain or about trying to get Chris Burgess from the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, we're, we're pretty confident that gets done. So, yeah, Chris being a South Australian, uh, is keen to get home and, um, yeah, we'll work through that with Gold Coast. But he gives us some versatility with some of the injuries that we've got with the height. Um, it gives us a bit of backstock and gives Chris a real good opportunity as well. I let Elliot go, I think, Dan. You've been, how long, six years at the club? He's been there a long, long while. Uh, he's played, he showed... Glimpses, I'd say. I thought he may have been a good centre-half back, but they haven't really played him there. But I, I think why not let him go with his brother, go to the Giants and see if he can make something in the back end of his career. I don't disagree with that at all, especially with Burgess coming in. And we know there might be other options there on the table. So I would let Elliot go and see what happens there. But, um, yeah, it's only going to be a busy, busy week over the trade radio period. Um, the other thing that's interesting that came up a little bit today was about the compromise draft. Now, I'm not sure if many people are across this, but... With the In the Under-18s Carnival this year, the Allies won the Under-18s Carnival. So it means that the strength in there is so strong in the northern states. And so we know that Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sydney and GWS have strong academies. They are going to continue to bid on players and get players in the coming season. So that is, watch this space over the next couple of years. I guarantee you, you'll have clubs from Victoria, from South Australia and WA saying something needs to change here. I've I've been on this for a couple of years now that Sydney, with all of their academy players, including Heaney, Goulden, Callum oh. Mills, there is so many of them. Nick Blake here, I'm going to miss a Incredible. few as well. They are going to be stacked for a number of years and watch this space. In the next couple of seasons, clubs are not going to be happy about what concessions the Northern teams have. Who's got the best draft hand? We've mentioned Adelaide are going to have five picks, I think, inside the top 30. Sydney have got a very good draft hand. Anyone else that... Uh, North Melbourne, I'd imagine, would have some picks. Yeah, they do. North Melbourne's got a heap. I mean, they've got two, 14, 19. They're going to get something for Ben McKay. Might be three. So North Melbourne could have four in the top 19. Um, a team that you probably wouldn't expect to have a really good draft hand but does is Melbourne. Oh, wow. Melbourne has pick five, pick 13, pick 25, and pick 33. That's very nice. So they are very well stacked moving forward as well with obviously what's happened with a few players that have left there in recent times. You mentioned Sydney. They've got a number of picks. Um, and, yeah, the West Coast Eagles obviously would pick one, 20, 34, and 39. They need to go to the draft. So when Grundy goes from Melbourne to Sydney, they'll, they'll get a pick? Yeah. They, so they'll get another one. They will get another pick. Now, what that looks like is, again, going to be very interesting because it'll be part of his contract as well will be in that deal. So how that looks, uh, I'm not certain. I mean, Sydney has pick 11, 23, 31, 42, and 50. So what do they give up for Brady Grundy? But again, we know that Sydney is keen on a number of players, including Taylor Adams. Uh, James Jordan's already done and Joel Hamlin's gone there. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what picks get moved in the next week. One last one. It's staggering. You say Geelong have got one pick. I can't get my head around that. they got pick seven. Yep. But nothing else. Yeah. So how, how, how does that eventuate? Well, it eventuates <laughs> when you get guys like Ollie Henry and these guys come in and, and you trade out future picks at the time. Um, now, we know that they got Bose. they got Ollie Henry in. they got Tanner Bruin in from GWS. So they were all in. They went all in. They won the flag, obviously, a year just over a year ago now. It was a struggle this season. But, um, yeah, that's why their hand isn't so good. Now, Tom Hawkins has been talked about that the contract's not quite 
done for next season. Uh, I don't see Tom going anywhere else, but there has been murmurs just in the last 24 hours about that. That would certainly accrue a draft pick for him, but I don't think that's how that will happen. Wow. No, he'd want to, he'd want to stay there, the Cats. Uh, just in closing, Port's best and fairest tonight. Your one, two, three in order. Uh, well, one and two is pretty obvious, isn't Butters. it? Butters will be one. He won the coach's vote, so yeah. he will clearly win the best and fairest. Uh, and then two will be Connor Rosie. Uh, who comes third? Houston? Yeah, I think all that's, that's probably a good call. He yeah. is all Australian. And who's our wild card outside mm, of that? A I Bergman mean, or someone like that? Yeah, it's who played every game. Because that's what happens with Best and Ferris is you accrue the votes over the season. I'll give you a wild card yes. if, if you're talking about every game. Willem Drew. Now, yeah, he's not okay. the most fashionable sort of player, but he played every game and he did some big jobs on um, you know, some really good players. I think he was on Dacos for a while and he's done some really good jobs on when he's had a tanking role. So I was, I'd be surprised if Drew's not in their top five. Yeah, I, I don't mind that call, especially because taggers at footy clubs, they yeah. get the votes Those inside the four walls. Yes. He won four. Yes. <laughs> well said. Uh, well done, Dan. Now for Beaumont Tiles, they're giving away a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12th. And you win with a chance, T's and C's apply. That's it for us. We spoke World Cup. We spoke about Stephen May's comments. Not happy of those. And there'll be more World Cup every night. And the good thing about it, we'll do it all again tomorrow between 6 and 7. Bye for now. Bye for now. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.